Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for checking out the Pint Glass Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, just a guy who likes to drink beer and watch football, so I started a podcast. Be sure to follow on Twitter at PGF Podcast for new episodes, tons of news and great articles on all things NFL and college football. On today's episode, I'll give you four Week 15 fantasy football sleepers, break down my weekly NFL power rankings, and give you four NFL picks that I'll be betting this weekend exclusively on Twitter. So go to PGF Podcast and be sure to check that out. So let's get started. All right, so this week I've got four sleeper fantasy football plays for you guys. I picked one player at each of the four positions that I like this week that are flying a little bit under the radar. And that starts with running back Boston Scott of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Philly is without running back Jordan Howard. And, well, basically like every wide receiver on their roster is out as well. This team's really gotten bit by the injury bug. And I think Scott will be able to capitalize on that. Now, he looked pretty good last week versus the Giants. And I expect him to get a lot of touches, not just running the ball, but receiving. Because he's a legit three-down running back who's great out of the backfield. And he's also going up against a Redskins defense that has been awful versus the run the, the past four weeks, ranking just 25th. Now, Miles Sanders is still the best running back in Philadelphia, but if you want a sleeper, I think it's Boston Scott this week for the Eagles. He's a really sneaky flex option, especially in PPR leagues. My quarterback sleeper this week is Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Miami Dolphins. Now, you might be thinking, Ryan Fitzpatrick, really? But yes, really. Now, I know he didn't play great last week, but he's been pretty good the two weeks prior to that. And this sleeper play is really all about the matchup. The Giants have been they've been decent against the run this year, but the secondary has been terrible. I mean, really terrible. And it just got worse. Now that they have released their top cornerback, Janoris Jenkins, the Giants are giving up 23.5 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, including six straight games where they've allowed at least 20 points. Now, he's owned in about 25% of leagues, so if you need a quarterback sleeper this week, I think he's your guy. My sleeper at wide receiver this week is Anthony Miller of the Chicago Bears. Now, this is a guy that I talked about on last week's episode, and I said in the past three weeks he's been starting to emerge for the Bears. Now, he's a big, talented wide receiver who can be a little bit inconsistent, but He's had at least 11 points in four consecutive games, and he's also had five red zone targets over the past three games. Now, Green Bay gives up a lot of points to wide receivers in the slot, and that's primarily where he's going to line up. They've actually given up the seventh most in the league this year, and Trubisky has been playing better. So I like Miller as a wide receiver three or maybe as a flex option this week. At tight end, I've got David Njoku, of the Cleveland Browns. Now, Njoku is flying under the radar because he didn't do much in his return from the injury in week 14. But let's not forget how talented this guy is. 
Many were saying he could be the best tight end in football coming into the year. He is a big-time talent for sure. But this play is also mostly about the matchup versus the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals have been really bad versus tight ends this year, and they allow, on average, almost 17 points per game to tight ends. So I expect a nice game from Njoku, who is a sneaky sleeper at tight end this week. So hopefully some of those plays will help you guys out this weekend and win some of your fantasy league matchups. But shifting gears to the weekly segment that I get the most feedback on, the NFL Power Rankings. And this week, I've got a new team that cracked the top 10, and that's the 8-5 and five Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, they're currently holding the sixth spot in the AFC playoff picture with three weeks to play. Devlin Hodges, the undrafted rookie quarterback, is now 3-0 and under center and should be a lock for Big Ben's backup next season. Now, he's managing the offense well. He only had three incompletions last Sunday and finished with a 117.5 passer rating. So he's really done a nice job coming in for Mason Rudolph and has really stabilized things for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But the defense has been outstanding, especially since acquiring Minka Fitzpatrick from Miami. They're ninth versus the run, sixth versus the past, and third best defense overall in the NFL. Now, they've overcome countless injuries to star players, Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, the list goes on and on. And Mike Tomlin has to be up for NFL Coach of the Year at this point. He certainly would have my vote. At number nine, the eight and five Tennessee Titans. Now, this team has made a huge turnaround since benching quarterback Marcus Mariota in favor of Ryan Tannehill winning six of their last seven games. The Titans put up 552 yards of offense last week versus Oakland, and Tannehill threw for 391 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he was really, really on last week. And the offense has completely shifted since he took over. The Titans are now scoring touchdowns on 72.9% of their red zone trips, which is best in the NFL. The defense is in the top 10 and is creating a lot of turnovers. Derrick Henry is making a push for the rushing title, and this suddenly looks like a complete football team. At number 8, the 10-3 Green Bay Packers. 10-3, but something just doesn't feel right about the Packers. They seem like a finesse football team who can't stay in a fistfight versus more physical teams. The offense has been wildly inconsistent this year, but still ranks 6 overall. Now, the run game has improved under Matt LaFleur, and when Aaron Jones rushes for 100 or more yards, they're 6-1. The defense that really looked dominant in the early part of the year has really fallen off and is now ranked just 22nd overall. This team has a lot of talent, but I'm not sold that they're as good as their 10-3 record. At number 7, the 9-4 Minnesota Vikings. Same story, different week with this team. The centerpiece to this offense is Dalvin Cook, and he's really been great for them with 1,100-plus rushing yards and 13 touchdowns. He's averaging 4.6 yards per carry, and as much as I crush Kirk Cousins, he's having a great statistical year. He's got 24 touchdowns and only four interceptions. He's completing 70% of his throws, and he's really been a, a really good quarterback for them. You know, I know I'm always crushing them for not winning the big games, and... 
You know, he doesn't have a very good record versus winning teams, but he is having a nice year. Now, the defense is in the top 10, and so is the offense. So you've got a really complete football team on paper, but yet somehow they just don't look or feel like a contender to me, especially in the loaded NFC. At number six, the 10-3 and New England Patriots. The offense just continues to look pedestrian. They haven't scored 30 points in six straight games and is ranked just inside the top 15. So it's really been average and really not up to par for what you expect from the Patriots. Now, it's probably the worst this offense has been in 15 years. Brady is leading the league in passing attempts, but not putting up points, and the running game has disappeared. Now, luckily for them, they have the best defense in the NFL and are leading the league at plus 19 in turnover differential. I'm not going to throw dirt on their graves just yet. With the greatest of all time at quarterback, the greatest of all time in the hoodie, in the number one defense, they are still going to be a tough out for anybody in the AFC. At number five, the nine and four Kansas City Chiefs. Now, it didn't look pretty versus the Pats last week, but they found a way to win and snapped New England's 21 home win streak, so let's not overlook that. That was a big-time win. The Chiefs' defense, which looked awful earlier in the year, has looked better in the last three games and is ranked 15th and starting to really find something here. Now, winning a hard-fought game versus the Pats on the road really bodes well for them going into the playoffs. Now, you team that up with the number one rated offense in the NFL, and they're suddenly looking like the AFC contender that we all thought they were coming into the season. Patrick Mahomes' health has been a concern all season, and he injured his hand last week. So this is definitely a situation that we'll have to monitor going forward. But with the defense playing better, and if Mahomes can stay healthy, the Chiefs suddenly look like a contender again. At number four, the 10-3 Seattle Seahawks. The loss last week to the Rams was huge because this team is fighting for the number one seed in the NFC. I said on another episode, the Legion of Boom days are gone and it really showed versus the Rams who had four long touchdown drives that forced Russell Wilson to throw more and he isn't the same player when he doesn't have a strong run game. Now he was also sacked five times in this game, so the offensive line really didn't do their part either. But the Seahawks remain in a solid playoff position but the question becomes, is this just a bad loss to a division rival? Or did the Rams show everyone a blueprint on how to beat this team? At number three, the 10-3 New Orleans Saints. Surprisingly, the defense has carried this team more than the offense this season, even though the offense is fifth best in the NFL. Now, last week, the offense exploded versus a very good defense in the 49ers. And I've been saying it all year, though, that this team is really complete a very balanced football team who even has the number one ranked special teams unit. They already have the NFC South title and a home playoff game, but that loss to the 49ers was big, and it could cost them a shot at the number one seed in the NFC. Now, this is a really good football team, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure that they could go into San Francisco's house and beat them in the playoffs, and that loss might have just cost them the chance to play at home. Number two, the 11-2 San Francisco 49ers. Now, coming into the year, I expected Kyle Shanahan to have a good, if not great, offense. I didn't expect the defense to be this dominant. Now, they did get beat up versus the Saints, 
But, you know, that happens when you play the Saints from time to time. They're pretty good. But it is ranked number two in the NFL right now. Their defense is number two right now. So they're really, really good. And it, they have the best D-line that this league has seen in years. They proved they can win in a fist fight or in a shootout like they did versus New Orleans. Jimmy Garoppolo put the team on his shoulders, and he knocked off one of the best teams in the NFC in a hostile environment with four touchdowns and a clutch drive in the final minute to set up the game-winning field goal. This feels like a Super Bowl team. Number one, the 12-2 Baltimore Ravens. Let's face it, you already knew they were number one. Nobody wants to get in front of this freight train right now. I've never seen anything quite like Lamar Jackson. He has become completely unstoppable. Thursday night versus the Jets, he broke the NFL record for quarterback rushing yards in a season. He threw for five touchdowns and zero interceptions. He's leading the league in passing touchdowns. And check this stat out. He has more rushing yards than the Bears, the Jets, the Falcons, and the Dolphins. He's averaging a touchdown throw every 11 attempts. It's just absurd what this guy is doing right now. And this team is just playing on a different level. They are clearly the best team in the NFL. And they really just look unbeatable. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And be sure to go on Twitter for those exclusive NFL picks that I'll be betting this weekend at PGF Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.